0: It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia, and how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 327 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and... I'm going to talk about that game. It was not fun, but I watched the whole thing, so we get to talk about it for roughly 10 minutes in the first segment. The A's lost to the Padres. I'll give you guys some stats about the A's and runners in scoring position, and uh, it's going to be fun. So yay, first half, or first segment. Uh, Second segment, we are talking about a few different things. Uh, We got the news that Jesus Luzardo found uh, found out that he was traded via Twitter. I've got some thoughts about that and the discourse surrounding that. And then also I'm talking about Joe Musgrove and uh that's uh Today's starting pitcher for the San Diego Padres. Can the A's get to him? Let's talk about it. And then in the third segment, if you didn't tune in yesterday, we returned West Watch, but we have rebranded it Wild, Wild West Watch because we're also in the wild card hunt and hoping to stay in the wild card hunt because uh, things are not looking good. You got to keep winning games, boys. But uh, before I get into anything, especially the depressing game that we saw on Tuesday night, I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Spotify. Green Room. Download the app and join me today. I'm going to be live at game time talking about the A's and Padres. It should be a lot of t- a lot of fun for everybody. So uh, get in on the action. Download the app. Follow me at by Jason B over there, and uh, we can talk about uh, the A's and runners in scoring position because uh, that's the topic that everybody wants to cover. So uh, yeah, do that. Also follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow me on uh, social media at by Jason B, where you can follow me at by Jason B in the Spotify Green Room, and you can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on A's. I usually do the the videos that we are posting on Twitter. I've been posting those on on Instagram because sometimes I don't get the finished product back in like a timely manner. So I just upload the one without the branding around it. And that's on Instagram. So if you want to see my, my pretty, pretty face, uh, you can follow us on Instagram or also we're, we're getting closer to that YouTube page. Uh, maybe, maybe next week it'll be there. So that'll be exciting. And I can't wait to, uh, you know, start learning how the hell to do that. So that'll be, a lot of fun. And if you guys have any questions, please send those to lockdownathletics at gmail.com. But let's talk about the loss that the A's suffered at the hands of the San Diego Padres on Tuesday night. They lost 8-1. They are now 60-48 and on the season. Still 12 games above 500. That's good. But it feels like since they got to... Uh, since they got to 10 games above 500, they've been in this holding pattern where they can't go more than 15 or up to 15 games above 500, but they're not going below 10 either. So it's just this weird little holding pattern. They need to run off some wins, especially in the next couple of weeks, because the the last couple of weeks of this month are rough. So you got to stockpile some wins. Hopefully they can get a win against Joe Musgrove today, and then you got a weekend series against Texas, and then you're back out on the road again. So Let's see what happens this the rest of this week and next week and Let's see if the A's can get some wins on the board, but in this game, everybody's going to point to Sean Mania just not having it, and he said that it, uh, the Padres were on everything that he was throwing, and when you face a good team on back-to-back starts, usually you're not going to shut them down again. That's usually just not how it goes, but he also was not helped in this game by anybody. Uh, the bats on his own team, the umpires behind the dish, and then also the jet stream that allowed that leadoff home run to Tommy Pham, so that should have been a double off the wall, but that's exactly where the uh, the jet stream was, and that w- and it got carried out. That the broadcast said, uh, science says that that should not have been a home run and then the the umpires this is also science uh gave jake Marisnik a non-strike three which would have ended the inning and then he gave up a couple of more hits and the uh padre scored three runs that inning and that upped his pitch count he only went four and a third innings because his pitch count was kind of high and it wasn't really effective uh he went uh four and a third innings gave up eight hits five earned runs it didn't walk anybody so that's always plus and then he struck out four it was not great but again It wasn't necessarily his fault. I mean, they they count as earned runs because you can't get an unearned run for a crappy call behind the plate. But do I blame Sean Maniah? Not necessarily. This is a... I'll take it. If the A's had come through in those situations that they were presented with over and over and over and over again, that's four overs because it happened in four consecutive innings to start the game against... The guy that they lit up last week and Blake snow, if they had just gotten a couple of those hits, it would have been a closer game. He wouldn't have gotten this loss. It would have been at least a tie game. And then it's battle of the bullpens, which the A's probably wouldn't have won, but still it it would have been something, but that's for another podcast. Uh, we, we also got to talk about Starling Marte because oh my god what a revelation he's been he has been absolutely amazing when I talk about the A's offense and them not coming through I am not talking about Starling Marte or Ramon Laureano who had a couple of doubles Starling Marte though he went three for four with a home run and a double on this one again he pushed a runner from first to third sure it was a hit and run but he would have gotten a third anyway and that was just to start the game and then the runners in the scoring position thing started but I'll, I'll get into that here in just one second uh, since joining the team starling Marte is eight for 20 which is almost 500 and uh he has a home run a double five stolen bases and three walks so he has gotten on base in 11 of 23 plate appearances and uh that's that's almost a 500 on base percentage right there you guys he's has been everything that the a's could have ever hoped for and when you give up somebody like jesus luzardo you hope that it works out uh Early returns are saying that it's working out very, very well, but the rest of the offense has to do something. I had a tweet before that final Ramon Laureano hit that uh, the A's have six hits tonight. Three have been from Starling Marte. One was from Josh Harrison, and then two, which was one of them was a leadoff hit from uh, Mark Canada lead-off the game, and then the other one was the Ramon Laureano double. Two hits out of six through eight innings had been from guys that were on the team before last week. And that's not what you need. You need the guys that have been here to start doing what they're paid to do. And uh, at at some point they will. But let's go over some of the runners in scoring position numbers just real quick. I tweeted out a bunch of these because people kept asking me, well, what about this situation? What about this situation? And uh, those are on the Twitter feed at On A's. You guys can go through those. Um, Those are more specific ones if you're looking for something specific. But the A's in this game were 0 for 13 with runners in scoring position and so instead of giving you how the a's have been terrible the entire season because uh you know we all know we've seen it with our eyes it's not good it's slightly better than you might have thought but it's still not good uh as a team with a runner on third base this is not second and third this is not bases loaded but a runner on third with less than two out and this does not necessarily say how many times they drive in a run or anything like that or what all of that stuff I'm just giving you guys the stat line real quick. Uh, With a runner on third, less than two out, they're hitting 295, which is actually, you you look at that, you're like, hey, that's not that bad. Uh, The the leaders, they're, they're way, way down. So sure, they're hitting 295 with a 322 on base and a 733 OPS, but it's not great overall, because usually teams drive those runners in. Um, They're 18th in runs scored in those situations, which is more middle of the pack, I guess, which is okay. But if you want to be competing in October, you want to be driving in those runners all the time. They have 125 runs scored in those situations, which uh, comprises 146 at-bats. So if you look at that, it's like, hey, they're converting these all the time is what it looks like. It's almost a one-for-one, but uh, that is not the case. We can. I'll attest to that. Um, it looks a lot better than it actually is. They've just gotten a decent amount of these situations. They just don't come through enough and maybe they just need to get more of these situations and then uh, they can burst through and that's how this works. But what I want to do with uh, just you know a minute of my time here in this segment is talk about how the three guys that the A's brought in offensively uh, have done in these same situations throughout the course of the season. And it's not huge sample sizes that we're talking about here. We got 16 at-bats, 13 at-bats, and four. At bats, and I'll go over who's got what in just a second. So, uh, Johnny or Johnny Gomes, not Johnny Gomes, Jan Gomes, that's going to take a second to get used to. Jan Gomes, uh, with a runner on third, less than two out with the Nationals, was hitting 375 with a 412 on base and a uh, 1099 OPS, so very, very good. And that was in 16 at bats, so very limited sample size, but at the same time, hit 375, 412 on base. So he's at least not adding to the out total. And that's kind of what I'm looking for is don't get an out, bring home the run. Sure. But also, or if you're not going to do that, then just get on base and let the next guy do it. Uh, so that's, that's not bad 412 on base. I will take that. Then you got Josh Harrison who is hitting 385 with a 438 on base and a 1207 OPS. And that is in 13 at bats. So can we make, a lot of these stats, I don't know, maybe not necessarily, but at the same time, they're really, really good. So I want to, I want to believe that the A's have the cure to their runners and scoring position woes just on their roster. They just need to come up in the right situations and not have Matt Chapman or, you know, uh, Elvis Andrews always come up in those situations. I want these guys. And so maybe it's going to be a little bit of roster or uh, lineup construction and see where you can put guys where they might be able to slot in. And uh, maybe you got to break up Canna and Marte because... They've been doing their job, but the people behind them have not been. So maybe you got to have one of them bring the other guy in. I don't know, but that's for another day when, if this keeps continuing to happen. But uh, finally, we got Starling Marte with a runner on third, less than two out. He is hitting 500 with a 571 on base and a 1071 OPS. Does that surprise anyone? Uh, as I alluded to before, that's in four at bats. So he's, uh, he's two for four. <laughs> with a walk i assume uh so he's done okay but um he he's stepped up in the situations that he's been put in but usually he's the guy on base because he's going to be the two-hole hitter for the A's currently and so uh is he going to be doing that for the A's is he going to be able to drive these guys in from third base it's not unless the bottom of the order really starts picking it up i don't know that that's necessarily in the cards for him and i just want to go over a couple of guys on the A's that had been doing well uh mitch Moreland had you know like six at bats he'd been doing very well and then sean murphy had also been very good in these situations but the guys that had a lot more plate appearances or uh, at bats were matt olson who's hitting 389 with a 455 and a 1232 ops and that's in at 14 at bats so he's been fairly good kind of like josh harrison right there so you got you got one guy right there and then you got jed lowry who everybody talks about he's hitting 429 with a 474 and an 1117 ops and that's an 18 at bats so he has the biggest track record of everybody this season and uh so you got five guys that might be able to do it you just got to not let those guys be the guys that are on base. You need those guys coming up in those situations. And what's frustrating is, uh, you know, even like uh, Jan Gomes, I almost said Johnny again, he's hitting three seventy five in, you know, 16 at-bats. But... That's still almost one-third of the time. It's a little bit better than one-third of the time. So two-thirds of the time, he's still going to fail. And then you're going to be like, ah, they can't do it again. But he's going to come through that one time. And then it's like, all right, well, he's still holding up to his average. But it looks bad if they all do it at the same time. So uh, maybe they'll just completely blow the doors off of the San Diego Padres on Wednesday. We, we will see. And I also had somebody else uh, tweet at me and ask, should Chappie get a day off on Wednesday? And Maybe. I mean, that's kind of why Josh Harrison's here, right? He's been doing just fine. Maybe Chappie needs this day off after a night game, and then he gets Thursday off because of the off day. Maybe that's in the cards. I guess we'll find out when the lineup comes out on uh, Wednesday morning and all that stuff. Uh, Maybe after you hear this. I don't know. But uh, that's, that's all that I got from... Tuesday night's loss because wow, that was not fun. Hopefully I made it a little bit more fun for you guys. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to smile through the pain and push it down because I'm Irish. <laughs> Anyways, coming up, I got thoughts on Jesus Luzardo being traded on Twitter and then uh, the A's not skipping their fifth starter and also Joe Musgrove, the Wednesday starter for the San Diego Padres. You're not going to want to miss that. So stay locked in with locked on A's and I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for Lockdown A's once a week, and yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about baseball, and you're going to find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties or debates or post game breakdowns. And of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Be sure to join me today at game time because I'm going to be hosting a room and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. And also sometimes we record the rooms and occasionally I'll I'll think about, I don't know if I will, but I will think about putting what we talk about in the episode. So that's uh, if you want to be on the show. Got to join me on Spotify Green Room. That's that's what you do. And if you want to join me, all you got to do is go download the free Green Room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at by Jason B to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to go live today at game time. That's 1230. Um, so I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the A's. I'll see you guys there. Green room changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at By Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, if you look at the show notes, there is a link to uh, the, the A's FOCO page. It's uh, just memorabilia. They got bobbleheads. They've got uh, straw hats. They've got fun stuff for you guys there. So if you want some new A's merch, uh, go use that link. Check it out. And uh, they got good stuff over there and uh i appreciate that um anyways let's talk about jesus luzardo getting traded because uh, he made his first start with the marlins on monday didn't talk about it i had a full show so i'm talking about it today because i have time to kill i'm just joking i just thought that i should talk about it and i was like oh i'll I'll talk about it today uh so anyways uh the news came out and uh, i'm Basically, the, the news headline that I'm seeing was from NBC Sports Bay Area or California, whichever one the A's are on. I don't I get them confused. I don't care which one it is. Um, and it said that he found out about the trade on Twitter. Then you go and read the article and it says some other stuff. But um, that's what the headline says. And that's what all the headlines that I've seen about the topic have said all the tweets about it. are like, Oh, he found out about it on Twitter, but you go and read the actual article. And it was saying that he was just getting back to Las Vegas on a plane and then looked at his phone and saw that he had been traded on Twitter. It's not that he, that the A's did not tell him or anything like that. Cause the A's get a bad rap. I know that they feed their minor leaguers, uh, you know, cheese sandwiches and, you know, crap like that. They don't take care of their people. And it seems like you don't need to pile on when the, when it's not necessarily there. It looks like they were going for headlines and I don't like that. Um, and maybe it's me just being sensitive about, you know, how the A's are talked about because the A's are, uh, you know, whatever, but it felt like they could have had somebody waiting outside of the plane to tell him. I know that that probably didn't happen, but he's like, Hey, I found out on Twitter and then cut the video. Um, and then that's what the story's about, but it, he, he landed in a plane where you cannot contact somebody because he's on a plane. And then how, how many times can, can, can somebody reach you if they're waiting for you at the gates? Can they reach you before you look at your phone? And find out, like, what happened on Twitter if something big happened. Like, if you got traded from your baseball team, could could somebody tell you at the gate before that? No. Am I saying that the A's were about to do that? No. I don't know that. But I'm saying that the overreaction is uh, a little bit weird, and we shouldn't necessarily be super down on the A's. Because, yeah, I mean, they could have told him other ways, I guess. But he did find out on Twitter. If you're on a plane, that's how you're going to find out some news like that. Uh, so... I mean, yeah, he found out on Twitter, but I don't think that it's as bad as people are making it seem. And, uh, you know, just read read the article. That's all that I'm asking. That's all. People just reacted to the headlines and it made all that Twitter news, but it was a lot less bad than I think that people made it out to be in my head at least because you see the you see the headline and then you're like ah, oh, I, I need to form an opinion right now let's let's pile on but um I, I think that the A's were probably doing something because you don't see them do stuff like that a lot usually they take care of their own fairly decently and he still have nice things to say about the A's so I don't think that he felt like slighted by them by any means so uh, that those are my thoughts on the Jesus Lizardo news, and I don't think that he was trying to throw shots either. He seems very happy. You know, uh, he tweeted out that he's rooting for AJ Puck and all that stuff. Uh, they were roommates during the pandemic. Uh, they were working together and, and all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, I don't think today has ill will or animosity towards the A's. He was just being truthful and people took it and ran with it and, you know, made the A's the target or the butt of the joke or whatever they wanted to do, because hoo, 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 their ballpark smells like poop or whatever. Um so that's that. Uh moving on to somewhat related news, I guess. Uh the A's said that they are not gonna be using or that they are gonna be using, I'm sorry, their fifth starter on Sunday, so that should be either Dalton Jeffries or James Caprilli, and if he's back and healthy, we'll see. Uh, I guess pencil on Jeffries for right now, and then we'll just see what, uh, how the week's going. And if the A's need a win, maybe uh, James could probably be back for that game, but uh, we, we don't know what his status is. Maybe if if it is kind of a phantom IL stint, like I alluded to uh, again, no sourcing whatsoever, but uh feels like they got to, you know, rein in some of the innings that he's pitching because this is the most that he's thrown in his career. So it would make sense for him to, you know, get a couple of starts off and then go back out there and, you know, start getting those wins when the A's need them. Um, may- maybe if they need him, they-, they pitch him on Sunday. If they don't need them, he's still, he's still working on some things, but he'll be back for his next start kind of thing. Maybe that's how it plays out. So uh, let's, let's, Let's see, I guess. Uh, But finally, for this segment, let's talk about Joe Musgrove because you know about the no-hitter. Our pal Sully from Locked On MLB easily predicted that. The only prediction he's ever made, and he nailed up the day that Joe Musgrove pitched that no-hitter, for those not in on the joke, uh, for two years, he tweeted out that whoever the Padre starter was was going to throw a no-hitter that day. And so he did that every start for a Padre starter for two years. And then finally... Finally he got one right and uh, that went viral and that was very very fun at the beginning of the season So uh, we had a lot of fun poking fun at uh, people reacting to that So anyways Joe Musgrove he is now seven and seven on the season with a 294 ERA And when you throw a no hitter your ERA is probably gonna look okay Uh, He also has an expected ERA of 358 so that's been okay But the thing that I want to focus on is that his ERA has been worse each and every month in April He had a 1.24 ERA he was absolutely Absolutely fantastic in April, in May 284, very very good starter. That's that's you know a Sean Manaya, a little bit better than a Sean Manaya when he's not you know giving up five runs in four and a third. And then in June 381 ERA, and then in July 395. So that's. He's getting worse. He's becoming league average before our very eyes. And can the A's take advantage of league average Joe Musgrove? Maybe. We're going to find out. Hopefully they can get a hit with runners in scoring position. And I think that the A's have a chance to jumpstart that trend, that upward trend of his ERA on Wednesday. If he's going to have like a 70 ERA in August, why not have the A's put up like 14 on Joe Musgrove? Because... Baseball is weird, and that's what I want to see. So in July, though, when he had that 395 ERA, he faced the Nats, who are not a great offensive team. Then he faced the Rockies at home, or the Rockies away from Coors, where they're absolutely horrid. They are not a good offense away from Coors Field. And then from there, he went on the road, pitched at Nats Park, and then he pitched at Marlins Park. I think that's the name of the field. And the Marlins... Also, not a great offensive team, and then he faced the road Rockies one more time for good measure. So, yeah, it it wasn't murderer's row out there, and he had a 395 ERA. I think that even how the A's have been swinging, they're better than those offenses. I think. I'm hoping, against all hope, that the A's are better than those offenses, so we will see. And couple of things that could be going in the A's favor in this particular start on the road. He has a 346 ERA, which is well above his seasonal ERA of 294. So it's almost half a run higher It almost exactly half a run higher on the road. So that's something working in the A's favor. And then during the day, he actually has a 421 ERA. So you're getting him on the road. You're getting him during the day. He's trending in the wrong direction via his ERA. So let's see what he can do. I know that his last start, he went like seven innings against the road Rockies and gave up like three hits and no, and no runs or anything like that. But still, I think that the A's can put a dent in that ERA and really make it rise just a little bit on, uh, on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens there. And just real quick before I uh, send it over to the third segment. He has five pitches. Well, he has six pitches, but he doesn't really throw it. One doesn't matter to me. So he has five pitches. Uh, One of them is his slider, which he throws 29.7% of the time, and that has a 140 batting average against on. His curveball, 20.8% of the time, and that has an 0.96 batting average against on. So those are the two pitches that you want to avoid swinging at. Because uh, you're not going to get a hit on those But the other three, his cutter Which he throws 18.8% Of the time, 300 batting average Against. His four-seamer, he throws at 16.9% of the time Has a 279 Batting average against. And then his Sinker, he only throws at 7.1% of the time But hey, maybe you get one And maybe you get a hit because He's giving up a 357 Batting average against on that pitch And he throws most of these to uh, both sides Of the plate, so uh, you're not going to know what you're going to get but 50% of the time you're going to get either a slider or the curve and then the other 50% of the time you're getting one of the other three pitches that has over a 300 batting average against so take advantage of the bad pitches and don't swing at the good pitches that's uh that's batting for you Darren Bush boom nailed it anyways coming up on the show we're doing wild wild west watch you're gonna I mean it, it's not good until the very end. I saved the the best news for last, so uh, stay locked in with Lockdown A's, and I'll try to end this on a, on a high note. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar in the world, and that is Built Bar, my friends. And Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There's a flavor for everybody, and. As a Built Bar fan, I know what my favorite flavor is of their core flavors, and that is Cherry barcia. If we're talking about specialty flavors, it's Coconut Brownie Chunk, but that's not there all the time, so... When I want a built Bar and I know that it's gonna be there, it's Cherry Barcia. but they also got coconut or raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. They got something for every flavor profile and that's what I love about Bilt Bar because they are stacked with protein. You got 17 or 18 grams of protein and then you got a calorie range from 130 to 180, which is exactly where I like my calorie ranges. And then if we're talking about ranges, only four to five grams of sugar and only four or five net carbs. They're all amazing flavors, they're all tasty, they're all healthy and if you want to, you can go get a mixed box where you get uh, two of each of their nine flavors, and you just snack on some Built Bars during the afternoon. You're like, hey, I'm a little bit hungry, Bilt Bar. Hey, I'm a little bit thirsty, Built Bar. Hey, I'm hungry again, Built Bar. That's what you do with Built Bars. You just, whatever you're feeling, Built Bar. So go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Aids podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Leave us a five-star review if you can, because I always love reading the nice, nice reviews. Uh, Those are nice. (laughs) Also, make sure to follow us on social media, at Locked On Aids on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. I'll be live today at game time, so make sure to tune in for that. You don't want to miss that. And then if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But it is time for... The Wild Wild West. Um, I, I didn't nail that, and I don't sing you know why. But that there, let's just let's just talk about baseball some more. Here we go. We're starting with the Toronto Blue Jays, who won seven to two over the Cleveland Guardians. Hunjun Jun Ryu went seven innings pitched, gave up seven hits, two earned runs, didn't walk anybody, struck out eight. He was fantastic. Springer and Teoscar Hernandez both homered. Uh, Springer went two for four with that home run, two RBI, two runs scored. Teoscar Hernandez three for three with a home run three runs batted in and two runs scored they've They've closed the gap a little bit because they won. The A's lost. They are now three games back of the A's for that second wild card spot. And I said in our uh, our second half preview that the Blue Jays are a team that is scary. Watch out for them. And they're, they're making a little bit of a run. They look good. They got Jose Barrios, and he pitched very, very well in his debut on Sunday. Watch out for the Toronto Blue Jays. They are a scary, scary bunch of dudes. But uh, another scary bunch of dudes that are not falling off like I was hoping they would, the Seattle Mariners, who are now two games back after they... Beatdown of Tampa Bay. And by beatdown, I mean they won four to two. I think that the biggest thing from this game is that their three youngest players accounted for all four runs scored on their side of the ball here. We got Cal Raleigh, the catcher. He's uh, 24 years old. He went 0 for 3, but he had 2 RBI because he had a sack fly and a fielder's choice, and those count as RBIs, so good job by Cal Raleigh on that one, and then Jared Kellenick and new addition Abraham Toro each homered, and uh, Jared Kellenick is 22, Abraham Toro 24, so it looks like the Mariners kind of knew what they were doing with those trades. I know that they got a lot of flack for it, but as a Mariner, as a you know Far Away kind of Mariner fan, you see what they're doing with that. I'm sure that as a fan base, they're probably pissed because uh, they had a good team, and Kendall Graven was a big part of that. But uh, the guy that they got to replace Kendall Graven, Diego Castillo, he saved the game against his former team. So uh, I guess everything's fine now. Uh, and they have won the first two games against Tampa Bay, which... They, and Tampa Bay just swept, just swept the Boston Red Sox and helped out the A's a little bit in that regard. So uh, I'll talk about the Red Sox here in a second. But first, we were talking about the New York Yankees, who absolutely obliterated the Baltimore Orioles. Think Randy Johnson throwing at a seagull or a dove or whatever the hell bird, though, a pigeon, probably. Uh, it was worse than that. Thirteen to one it was the final score. Stanton and Judge Homer. Not a lot of like huge highlights from this one. Not like a cat on the baseball field like there was on Monday, but uh yeah they, they they did a good job good job yankees i guess yay woo boo um let's talk about joey gallo though i mentioned on monday's podcast that he had been struggling in his new ballpark or his new uh with his new team he is currently two for 19 to start his yankee career or his career in pinstripes if you want to phrase it that way he has two or uh two doubles and he has three walks and eight strikeouts and that's uh you know he's He's not who they wanted necessarily. He's also, he does this sometimes. He goes on little cold streaks where he hits roughly 100, and then he uh, faces the A's, and then he's all better again. And then he looks like an all-star Joey Gallo. Um, the, the big takeaway from this game was the Yankees had three guys making their big league debuts that held the Baltimore Orioles to one run scored. They had Luis Gill who went six innings, gave up four hits, no earned runs, walked one, and struck out six. Following Gil out of the bullpen was Stephen Writings. Uh, Could be Stephen, but I'm going to go with Stephen. Uh, You know, like Piscotti or Curry. Same spelling right there with the PH. He went one inning, gave up one hit, struck out the side. So good job. Nice debut for Writings on that one. And then the last man out of the bullpen was Brody Corner. K-O-E-R-N-E-R Corner. Uh, That's how I'm saying it. He went two innings pitched. He went two innings pitched, gave up two hits, an earned run, and walked one. So nice, out of nowhere pitching from for the New York Yankees. And this was, again, the game that Garrett Cole was supposed to get if he, or supposed to start, if he did not get COVID. So uh, they they got a good performance anyway, so that's scary. Uh, don't do that. There are also two games back of the A's for the second wildcard spot. So when I tweeted out before the game that the A's could use a win on this day, this is specifically what I was talking about. The Houston Astros also beat the Dodgers because uh, the Dodgers suck. Uh, that was 3-0, and, and I'm not talking about them. But I am going to talk. Uh, this is how I am ending the game or the, the the show on a high note, and that is talking about the Boston Red Sox losing their fifth game in a row. The Red Sox, as uh, you know from yesterday's podcast, are currently the number one wildcard spot. And uh, they lost to the Tigers four to two because the Tigers are fairly decent this year. I got to say, Miguel Cabrera, the man of nightmares, Miguel Cabrera went two for four with a home run of this one. Willie Peralta got the start and went four and two thirds innings pitched, gave up six hits, two runs, only one of those was earned. He walked two, struck out three. The Detroit bullpen went four and a third innings pitched, gave up three hits, zero runs, zero walks, struck out seven. Red Sox you love to see that from the Detroit bullpen they're fantastic and For my money, I think that the two better pitchers who are coming up for the Detroit Tigers right now. I believe they got Tarek Skubal going in one of these games, and I forget who's starting the third one, but they've got better starting pitchers coming up for them. So maybe, maybe they can actually sweep this series, and that would be very, very exciting for me. But I want to end this just real quick on the projections over at Fangraphs for the end-of-season standings and where they think that uh, each team is going to be ending up. And this is, you know, the, the Astros got like 97 wins or whatever. So they're supposed to win the division by like eight or nine games. But let's. That's only two games worse than where the A's are right now, so let's not focus on that real quick. Uh, let's talk about the wild card race because they got the Rays at 93 wins, um, which is tied with the Boston Red Sox. But I'm just going to use the Rays. So they got them tied for the AL East, and then the other team being in the wild card spot, uh, and then the Yankees coming in below them with 90 wins, getting that second wild card spot, and then the A's at 89 wins, but. You got 93, 90, 89 right there. They're all very, very close. And then right behind them is the Toronto Blue Jays with 88 projected wins. So my, my point here is it's going to be close for the next two months. We can't live and die on everyone. They're important. But at the same time, losses are going to happen. If the A's go like five or six games above 500 the last two months of this season, then they still end up with 89-90 wins somewhere in that realm. They're going to be in that race. Obviously, it might not be enough if another team gets hotter. But if they go, let's say, 30-24, and that is six games above 500. So not terribly good you win two out of three in, in all of their series against like the rangers let's say i don't know if they have that many series but and then they go 500 against everybody else so that's all that it takes right there that's that's all that they need to get to 90 wins, which might be enough to get them that second wildcard spot So let's let's calm down a little bit. These are still in a good spot. They control their own destiny currently So that's a plus uh, Obviously if they're have if they have to fight back, then that's a little bit more worrisome But right now if they control their own destiny. Let's uh, let's Let's be positive. I think that they got this. They, they made some good moves. These bats are, they can't be this bad forever, right? So they're going to come through at some point, and then they're going to be hot for October, and then World Series, here we come. So uh, that's, that's where I think that they're heading, obviously, because I host the show, and that's what I want. Uh, but that's all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, I'll be talking about uh, Wednesday's game and some other thoughts that I got for you guys. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow.